Hi everyone! Welcome back to another episode of Living Well with Janet, where we explore what it means to live well. I'm your host, Janet, a yogi, meditator, plant-forward eater, and all-around wellness enthusiast. I'm also a second-generation Asian-American woman, an experimenter, and a deep thinker. Join me in my conversations and contemplations on the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, social, and environmental aspects of living well. In today's episode, I talk about what it's like to host events when you're not exactly the hosting type. It's been a pretty big year for me for a number of reasons, but an even bigger year for a few of the loved ones in my life. As someone who used to shy away from hosting events and celebrations, I've had to step into my discomfort a couple of times this year. I want to start today's episode off with a quote that's been on my mind. There are years that ask questions and years that answer. Zora Neale Hurston, their eyes were watching God. This year has been so different than last year for me personally. Sometimes it's a little overwhelming to think about all that has changed. I'm in a different place, living situation-wise, romantic status-wise. I'm spending time with a lot of different people. I'm in a new neighborhood and I have new social gatherings with new friends through my partner. I'm working on different projects. The world of new media seems to always be changing and so much more. As someone who appreciates change, but also likes to know that everything will be okay, years that involve a lot of change can be a little unsettling for me. It makes me wonder, is this a year that's asking questions, or is it a year that's giving answers? So, back to planning and hosting events as someone who is not quite the hosting type. I'm a fairly introverted person, and events and big celebrations are generally not my favorite things to do frequently or have to host or plan. And this year involved a lot of big milestones for the loved ones in my life. And even though I have this general kind of like avoidance of hosting or celebrating, I wanted to show up for them to make sure they feel special and loved during these big once in a lifetime moments. For one, my partner Eugene, as well as his dog Toby, recently celebrated birthdays. Eugene turned 45 and Toby turned nine. Well, we don't really know his actual birthday because he was adopted, but his adoption date was formally in July, so we consider his birthday in the month of July. Now, initially, I had already planned to take Eugene out for dinner and celebrate with him one-on-one, which is usually my style for celebrating my loved ones because I'm someone who kind of enjoys more intimate conversation and smaller gatherings. But Eugene has shared before that he likes to host and, you know, he floated the idea of having a couple people over to celebrate his birthday. And since this was the first birthday I am celebrating with him as his partner, I really wanted for him to have a good time and to celebrate the way that he wanted. In fact, I kind of took it upon myself to actually host this party for him at our apartment. So I got an Evite together and I decided on a theme. It was puppies and, you know, potty, like the word P-A-W-T-Y instead of party. (laughs) I ordered a bunch of decorations off of Amazon, balloons and like lettering, um, punch out doggy figures and even a little party hat for Toby. I also ordered a cake from Susie Cakes because I know he is big on sweets. And I got a cake for Toby as well at a dog bakery in Los Angeles. 
Moreover, our apartment complex is kind of tricky to park at and navigate and find. So I made a map for his friends who were attending in the Evite. And I also added my personal phone number for people to reach out to so that I could manage the inflow and outflow of people so that he could enjoy the event and focus on having a good time. And for food, he did say he wanted to cook some barbecue and make some side dishes, so I offered to order a couple of pizzas, and we had some friends bring side dishes, snacks, and drinks to share. And while overall the event went really well, I know that he felt really loved, and I'm pretty sure his friends had a great time. I did feel a level of stress and anxiety throughout and after the event. I think most of it was due to my personal expectations of myself to host the whole thing and have him just relax and enjoy himself. But really, this was probably pretty unrealistic because, for one, he was doing a lot of the cooking, which he had offered because he enjoys doing that part of hosting. And furthermore, even though I had put in my contact information for his friends and created the map, a lot of them are his friends, so naturally they were texting him and calling him when they were arriving. And so he was just kind of up and about for a lot of the event. And for myself, I found myself kind of floundering a little bit because I felt that I should be hosting. You know, like I tried to help with handling as much of the food as I could, but of course that's like kind of his domain and I was going to get people drinks. But then I realized a lot of the liquors that we had were whiskeys because he and his friends like drinking whiskeys. And I personally don't know much about whiskeys and, you know, was kind of underconfident in like knowing what whiskeys for what and how people would want it served. I think I also just felt a bit of overall social anxiety. Even though I had met and spent time with most of his friends and the people there, I just found myself a little lost in how to be in all the stuff that was going on with food being served and people being let in and just kind of overthinking like, oh, did I say hi to that person? Oh, do they have the drink that they need? And oh, um, this friend that just had a baby, are they getting the right access to the private room so that they can feed their kid? Um, just kind of a lot of things floating around in my head. In the end, I think a lot of my stress came from my own insecurity of not being the strongest planner, of wanting to do a good job and accommodate to what Eugene wanted instead of just maybe making decisions directly like I should have for some of the items to feel more prepared. And also, it was a rather large group size, and I think I underestimated how I would feel about having like 20 to 30 people all together in the same place, even though I had met most of them like individually. And while I still am not the most confident in my ability to individually host a large party, I did learn that Eugene and I complement each other quite well in co-hosting events. I like to focus on creating themes, decor, organizing, um, and putting on some meaningful touches like an especially sweet cake for his especially sweet tooth, and one, of course, for his dog son, Toby. He's better with things like preparing the food, serving the food, kind of floating around and hosting people with drinks and food. I don't know about you, but it feels like a lot of my friends are now getting on that baby train. If you have a friend who is also expecting or have little ones still in diapers, I always recommend Pampers Swaddlers. With Pampers Swaddlers, you can also rest assured that this diaper will prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blowouts. Swaddlers has dual leak guard barriers at the legs to help protect where leaks happen most. And they have a blowout barrier, which is an innovative back pocket built into the diaper to help prevent those messy leaks up the back. Did you know that on average, babies will use up to 8,000 plus diapers before becoming potty trained? That is a lot. 
That's why Pampers Diaper Stash is the hottest baby gift for 2024. So give a gift to a loved one that says, we see you and we've got you. Pampers Diaper Stash is an online diaper fund that all parents with little ones will love. You can organize friends and family to contribute to a group gift of an online stockpile that never has to run out. Pampers Diaper Stash is great because it takes the guesswork out of choosing what size and how many diapers to gift. It's so easy to do and it's the gift that always fits. The second large life event is for my co-host of Asian Boss Girl, Helen, and one of my closest friends. She's getting married this year, and we recently celebrated her bachelorette party. Along with Mel, my other co-host, we gathered 12 girls over the course of three nights in a different country to celebrate our bachelorette. And I think this is probably one of the biggest like celebration trips that I've co-planned and co-hosted in a really long time. Though there were challenges in both the planning process and during the trip, I felt surprisingly prepared and less stressed out than I thought I would. I'll share more in an upcoming ABG episode, but I think a huge part of the success was because I had a co-planner and co-host, Mel, who had complementary skill sets. And also because as a 37-year-old woman, I have attended my fair share of bachelorette parties. So even though it's been a long time, I do have some experience both attending and helping to plan similar events. The third big celebration that is happening this year is my dad's retirement. Now, within our family, my dad is like the head of household. He is the eldest brother of all of his siblings. And he is someone who usually does like the planning for gatherings and events. And when it's come to our second generation, it's usually been my cousin Stacy or my cousin Daphne, who both now are married with kids and homes in the suburbs and, you know, families, it's usually one of them hosting. But this year, after 50 years of working, and I think something like 20 plus years at his current company, he is finally, finally going to retire. And my father, when it comes to dedication to his work, his work ethic, and his focus on being a provider for our family, that's just something that's always been very, very big for him. So I know it's a really big event for him, and I know it's a very big milestone. Even though he says, no, 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 it's okay, or yeah, it's fine, you know, I know it's a big deal, and I want to help him celebrate. So I have taken the initiative to get our family and all my cousins and their kids and my aunts and uncles together to do a celebratory dim sum lunch for him. So it's going to be a pretty big group. I think we're rolling like 20 people deep, um, counting five kids. But I am not doing it alone. When trying to think of a place to have dim sum, I know that there is a special place that we always go to all the time, but they don't really take reservations. So I was in the cousin group chat and asking around and my cousin recommended a restaurant that does take reservations. So I was like, oh, okay. I know that she knows our family's taste for dim sum. All I got to do is call and make that reservation. And the other part of the celebration is I'm hoping to get him a cake and that I think I'm actually going to ask my sister to help with, which I haven't formally asked her that yet. So Patty, if you're listening, can you please get daddy a cake for his retirement lunch? Uh, But yeah, but that is something that's actually going to happen this following weekend. So it's a really big event. And usually I would not be the one in my family initiating to have all of us together or to host. But um, this is something that I think is really meaningful for my father. So I want to step up for him. 
So those are some of the big celebrations and events that are happening in the lives of my loved ones and have required me to step up a bit in this field. When I reflect back, here are kind of the main takeaways or tips that I would have for someone who tends to be maybe on the more introverted side and or doesn't really love like hosting or planning events or trips. One is to do it as a collaboration. You know, with Eugene's birthday, I know I had initially wanted to, but we ended up co-hosting it and it ended up being a lot better because he was there to take on some of that. Um, also, with my friend Helen's bachelorette party, I co-hosted that with Mel, and if it was not for her um, or if it was not for me, I really don't think that either of us could have done that by ourselves without even the additional help of, you know, a lot of the other bridesmaids. Um, but it would have been hard to lead that charge as a, a single person. And then also, you know, you can delegate. Like I said, with my dad's retirement lunch, you know, my cousin was able to help with the location. My sister's going to help get the cake. I think working with people as a team really can make things seem less intimidating. The other tip I would have is maybe to keep one part of the event consistent with something that you have experience with or you're comfortable with. So you don't have as many aspects that could go wrong or require problem solving on the spot. For example, the location of the event. I think even though it was kind of challenging for Eugene's birthday this one time, the more events that we host at our apartment, the more comfortable and more familiar I'll get with kind of the ins and outs of how to get people to find our apartment properly and uh, use of space properly, all of that. You can also keep maybe the type of event constant, like you're used to hosting movie nights or dinner parties or like daytime barbecues, just something where you're comfortable with like the flow of events and it's one less thing to kind of have to like think about. Um, another constant could be the people. Like I said, a lot of the people at Eugene's birthday, as much as I've spent time with them, they're also still not people that I'm super close with. So when you when you bring 20 to 30 of them together, it can bring in another unknown. So maybe if your planning events start small, start with people that you're very comfortable around. Maybe it's just like family or close friends. Um, another aspect you can hold constant is like food. Maybe there are certain dishes that you're used to preparing or whatnot. So just things that you have experience with that would allow the planning for the event to be easier. Another tip would be to start small and repeat. So you could start with smaller groups. Maybe it's just your family. Maybe it's just your close friends. And that way it helps you build up the tolerance for all the different aspects of an event. Just the more times that you do it, the more comfortable you'll be with it. For example, the bachelorette party, um, I've attended and helped to plan a number of them. So there are certain things that I know what to expect or know how to handle. The last tip I would have is maybe just to throw this all away and don't host. I mean, that might sound counterintuitive, but there is something to say about maybe just knowing this is not your thing and that's okay. You know, for those big events where you have to show up for either yourself or your family members, do it with another person, hire a service, whatever that might be. Um, sometimes hosting isn't for everyone and that's okay. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a party hat emoji in the comments of this IG post. And if you feel so inspired, you can share with me one of the recent events that you have helped plan or host. 
Once again, this is your host Janet. I can also be found on Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern day Asian American woman with my good friends, Helen and Mel, who are also hosting their own shows, but you can catch on this same feed, new episodes every Tuesday. You can follow ABG on Instagram at Asian Boss Girl and me, Janet, at Janet W. That's Janet, the word double, and the letter U. Till next time, bye-bye.